There once was a ship of fiberglass, most 3D printed, super fast. The sun melted one side of it, catch but that? Daniel did not give. Welcome to Go Additive, where your hosts combine their real-world professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And now, Go Engineer's own Tyler Reed and Tate Brown. Morning, Tyler. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Did you catch that little uh, little intro there? The um, it's the, the music. intro to our intro. <laughs> yeah, the intro to the intro. It's the music from your YouTube of the week last week, right? Yeah. Was so RC test flight is that what it is? Yeah. Cool. Within seconds of finishing our episode, I'm like, I gotta look because I'm pretty sure those were 3D printed boat holes. Yeah. Within the first like five seconds of the video. In his song, he sings that <laughs> the boat holes were 3D printed. And he even mentions how quickly they were 3D printed Ooh. in his song. I think, uh, you know, nowadays, anytime anyone builds anything <laughs> on that scale, there is a safe bet that it's 3D printed. It's such a good thing <laughs> for us makers, us print heads. Print heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, um, who knows? There may be another fake ad. Oh, really? If our guy delivers it in time. Oh, he, we've probably, already, he probably won't. <laughs> I mean, we've already started recording, so. Unless he, unless <laughs> he, he could comes slip it under the door. It's hot off the press. <laughs> it, it literally would be hot off the press. Well, I need $5, so I hope he does. Okay, have you asked him for it yet? No. For the juicy prints, the juicy filaments. <laughs> I'm, I'm charging him interest. <laughs> All right. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, end of last episode. Yeah. Don't even listen to the whole thing. <laughs> Just skip right to the end. Um, so we haven't talked about news in a while. Yeah, it's been a few few episodes. So I just I wanted to get the housekeeping out of the way and then. Okay. There's probably news to talk about. There's a lot, but there was one story that we've known about for a minute that I know you were interested in talking about. I still haven't looked into it yet, even though you kind of. I think I, this is the Ford. Okay. And this is the Ford news. So <clears throat> that's probably a couple weeks old now, but I, I do think it's interesting. There was an article about what Ford was doing with their carbon printers, carbon printers being the DLP printers or clip, uh, clip printers. And automating the loading and unloading of those printers with a KUKA robot, which I thought was pretty cool. We have seen, I think we've seen robotic arms, certainly we've seen robotic arms set up in a stationary way in front of a machine. It's more common on CNC machines where you would have like a pedestal in a six axis robot that's able to open the doors and uh, grab the parts and load new stock. And we have seen that with DLP. And I think we may have even talked about it at, at one point uh, when we were discussing DLP, but Ford has a KUKA robot that's mobile. So it's on wheels and it moves from machine to machine to machine. It's like an, it's a mechanical robotic operator, basically. And I think that's pretty cool. And challenging to do. What's the point? Well, that's a good question. Where's the beef? <laughs> I would be assuming what the point is, but didn't you didn't you read into the article? I read the article like two weeks ago. Well, I'm I've said it once, I'll say it again. I'm always surprised with your attention. Yeah. So with the DLP printers print very quickly. And that's something that we've run up uh, against with our origin machine here in the office is they print so quick and they really shouldn't be left to sit for very long after the print is finished. And so that affects your Why is that? utilization. 
I don't know all of the details, but I think one is the just the gravity of the situation. The (laughs) literal gravity? Yeah, the literal gravity. You have parts that have been pulled up and then they're just... They're hanging in the air. They're just hanging, you know? And I don't know, how long can you hang on monkey bars? Oh my gosh. I saw the cutest little meme. Did you? Yesterday. What was it? This little girl over a foam pit on one of those, you know, the the handles that you slide on? Yeah. And she wouldn't let go. Yeah. That little girl was hanging on there for like <laughs> a straight minute. Her mom's down in the foam pit trying to talk her into yeah. dropping. Anyway, sorry. That's, that's all I could think about. One of the original memes. The cat hanging on to the <laughs> telephone line saying, hang in there. Yeah, I remember that. And it's cute little belly. Yeah. Just hanging. That's yeah. the OG meme for sure. Yeah. That's going back a long time. Yeah. I'm I sorry. I didn't mean to get us distracted. That's okay. So I can't anyway. hang on very long. Maybe yeah. a minute at best. Yeah. We should we should test this. I'll do it like the guys in Las Vegas do with the yeah. bar that turns. Dude, do you ever see the video of the guy who's paragliding in, Swi- in uh, Austria? No. I think it was Austria or Switzerland. So it's... He is, uh, he's you, doing, you, this is the most, rare. of course I wouldn't have seen that. Why? Would I'll tell you why it went, it went viral because yeah, just, just a random, no. So the guy was doing a tandem. He's not have a, you seen this video yet. It's like you, a Jay Leno thing. You would know if okay, you saw it. Okay. So he is a paying customer. He's doing a tandem paragliding flight. Okay. And the instructor that's going to be flying with him doesn't harness him in. So they take off from the hillside and instead of his legs being straight back, he falls and he's hanging from one hand and they're, they're over the hillside and suddenly they, they're, you know, hundreds of feet. No, the view, the camera's on the paraglider. So you get the whole view and he's hanging the whole time. This is making my palms sweat. Oh Yeah. So did he survive? Gripped. Oh, yeah. So he made it down. Overall, it's like about a minute. And the instructor is probably freaking out. Freaking out. He's like, the instructor is buckled in and he's like trying to stabilize the dude with his other arm. And you have no no leverage, you know, and he's trying to find a place to land. Dude, your face right now. Oh, my gosh. It it will make your palms sweat. So the guy gripped so hard, he tore his bicep. That's incredible, though. Oh, totally incredible. Oh, my. That's a feat of... Yeah. Just, that's a pure miracle. The only thing that happened to him is, I think, an ankle injury when they landed. Yeah. That guy's totally so lucky. Nuts. So, anyway, uh, you, you don't you don't want to let the DLP prints <laughs> sit for very long. Because they and might so, pull a bicep or something. Yeah. So, uh, and there's probably some issues with the resin, too. Anyway, we don't start prints typically that I thought that's kind of what it had to deal <clears throat> what what it had to uh do with was like a saturation issue. It could be that too. Uh, like I said, I don't know all the details. Um you know, our guy here does. We'll get back to you on that. Yeah, so anyway, we typically don't start prints that will end in the middle of the night or in the afternoon or whatever. Well, we should explain one sorry, one extra thing with the the gravity of the situation. Yeah. The parts on DLP, if you're not familiar, they aren't at full strength when they're when right. they've done their initial cure. It does take a secondary cure process. Right. And so if anyone's curious why they would sag or anything yeah. with gravity, it's it, because they're like they're not at 100 percent mechanical 100%. strength yet. They're they're flashed with uh, UV for 10 seconds to two minutes, somewhere in that range. They're just babies. Yeah. <laughs> so. If you have a robotic operator that's there 24-7 and can reliably get there as soon as it needs to and reload it, and the whole system is set up in a way that it is fairly easy to reload because the top platforms lock into place, so all you have to do is unlock it, grab it, replace a new one. You could even build in like a self-calibration because they just loosen they and then they press down against the build platform to make them parallel and then you could lock it. So it's easy to calibrate. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing and the most impressive thing about this in my mind 
Well, two, one, I don't know much about, but they're saying that the robots aren't using machine vision. So they're doing something else to figure out how to interact with the machine. But then you have this situation where you have a KUKA manufactured robot, you have a carbon manufactured printer, and they're interacting with each other. They're communicating with each other. And that is a challenge that many companies are trying to overcome on the on the broader scale manufacturing shop floor communication protocols. Uh, on the Stratasys side, we have something called MT Connect that lets you plug into different ERP systems and communicate status of the machines and whatnot. And that's a standardized uh, communication protocol. It sounds like Ford developed their own APIs to get these two communicating with each other. And when you're Ford size, like you can probably go to the OEM and say, hey, this is what we need out of your machine and then build a language that translates between them. But not every, everyone can do that. So that's where having some open protocols or available protocols, what's going on? I was just curious if you knew what API actually stands for. Because you throw it around. <clears throat> okay. Like you know what it means. Yeah. App application uh, application programming interface. Good night. You're amazing. <laughs> My goodness. That's why I was smirking over here. I was like, I bet this little guy knows. I bet he knows. And you do. Well, I, yeah. I had to look it up. That's okay. You're welcome, everyone who didn't know. I'm the kid in class that'll raise their hand. and. But once you hear it, question. it definitely helps you understand what an API is. It's it's a programming language that allows you to interface with Sure, in context, I could have dedu deduced such things, but I just, I knew you would know the acronym title. I think usually learning the acronym helps people understand what an API actually is versus the other way around. So is Ford planning to do production with these parts? I think so. Are yeah. these end use parts? I think so, yeah. I would imagine so, right? Like, why why go through the work of all this? T tons of prototyping, but I, I do think that they are production parts. Gotcha. So, yeah. I think that anytime you're bringing in a third-party tool that is meant to integrate onto an existing tool, that's a challenge. Someone was asking me earlier this week about 3D printing heads that would sit on top of like a milling machine. Mm. And I thought, ooh, bad idea. Why? Well, to get a little bit specific on this, inside of a milling machine, say a vertical milling machine, the last thing you want is dust and sparks. And a lot of these print heads are DED or direct energy deposition print heads. So they're shooting powder and they're hitting it with an energy uh, beam, usually laser, and they're intersecting, they're crossing paths and then fusing. That creates loose dust and sparks. That's the last thing you want on your linear rails or your ways inside a machine. Um, but when you are dealing with a manufacturer that's trying to ride on top of the control system that's on the machine, again, you have a communication barrier. So you may be locked out and you may be uh, there may be a struggle there for sure. And when things don't go right, you're dealing with two different parties at minimum, maybe three different parties. If you have a machine manufacturer and a control manufacturer, and then a printhead manufacturer. So where does the buck stop when it doesn't work? <laughs> and then lastly, on the cam side, how do you do the toolpaths for an additive, uh, printhead? Who knows? I think maybe Esprit does it. I'm not, I'm not certain about that because the last time I asked about it, they said, not really. So, yeah, that's, that's another challenge too. It's like that episode <laughs> of Seinfeld where Kramer's like talking about tax write-offs. Okay. And Seinfeld's like, do you even know what a write-off is? <laughs> I don't, but they do. And they're the ones writing it off. <laughs> It's like we don't we do we don't know who does the tool paths, but someone's doing them because that's what all the machines are using. Well, there's not very many machines doing this. And when I say who's doing it, I'm talking about the cam processes on the, the commercially available cam tools. 
Mastercam, Gibbs Cam, Esprit, Camworks, Solid Cam, you know, Dell Cam. This is gonna Dolphin be a breakthrough. Cam. Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 Alpha Cam. <laughs> shrimp gumbo. <laughs> shrimp stew. My goodness. So aside from the Ford news, which yeah. is news, and hopefully we covered that to your liking. Is there anything else so. you'd like to add to that? Nope. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you told me some some other interesting news. This was pretty. This is a bombshell. This is a bombshell. This, this came is a in big yesterday. One. You want to drop it? Drop it like it's hot. Yeah. So the the uh, article title is. Wait a second. Let's let people guess the company. This is a company that likely everyone has <laughs> used. Yep. In I'm actually amazed at how little you use it, by the way. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of how little I use it, but let's not go there. Yep. So you, some of you who have significant others, they may overuse this company. <laughs> I get I hear complaints from friends whose wives use it quite a bit. Okay. Can you guess? I don't think that's nearly enough information. G- give give our listeners, give our print heads one there, more guess. Okay. Let's say there is a uh, large online marketplace that will be banning the sale of 3D printers by 2023. Ooh. Name that large online marketplace. All right. Everyone knows. Everyone knows at this point. It's the one online marketplace as far as I'm concerned. Well, it, it didn't used to be. eBay used to have a, a I pretty still good. I eBay. I do too. I just used it the you other day. You gotta love buying used stuff. I love eBay. I know. Okay, so it's not Amazon. eBay. Amazon yep. is going to ban the sale of 3D printers by 2023. Tyler. That's the article. Why would they do that? Well, why, would, why would they do that? So according to the press release by Amazon, they will be disappearing uh, machines from their uh, online marketplace and introducing their own printer. 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 So they are going to get rid of all printers, regardless of technology, regardless of size. I believe so. And they're going to slap a, hey, one size fits all. Yeah. Just buy from us. Uh, The company is working internally to launch production and soon the sale of its own 3D printer line, including software, expected to be on the market starting in 2024. Very interesting. Wait, 2024 is when we're going to see this printer? Yeah. Does this printer exist already or? Um, I would say most likely it exists in prototype form. For sure. What do you think it's going to be? FDM? Yeah. And they even talk about that. Oh. It is. It's FDM. It's a filament uh, printer. So no more of those little like $150 DLPs? No. No. How sad. I feel bad. Even I was talking to uh, a kid yesterday. He's like, I just ordered my first 3D printer. I was like, what'd you get? And he showed me. And it's like, okay, I don't know what that is. But it was $200 on Amazon. Was it a resin technology or FDM? It was a filament. Yeah, it was a filament. Mm. Hmm. So where are we going to find these little printers now? That's e- a good eBay? question. <laughs> I mean, when when things like this happen, you know, people aren't going to just lay down and say, okay, well, I'm not going to sell anymore. So, yeah. I mean, for sure eBay, because you already see cross-listings between eBay and Amazon. If you If you look, you'll see cross-listings. Yeah. AliExpress. <laughs> You'll see cross listings there. Have you bought anything from AliExpress? Yeah. It that doesn't surprise me. <clears throat> yeah. That does not I haven't surprise bought, me. I haven't purchased I haven't made any large purchases. How long did you have to wait? Well, like for example, these pantographs that are holding the lights. I bought off AliExpress and they shipped they arrived in like 10 days. Is there no simpler word for those things? A pantograph. I mean, that's, that's just what, that's what it's called. Hmm. Okay. I feel like you're just <laughs> holding that one over everybody. And they're holding themselves up pretty, over us. 
gosh. It's Friday. Oh, and it's April Fool's. Yeah, it is April Fool's. And do you think this is an April Fool's joke? It it came out 14 hours ago. I really hope not. It doesn't seem like it. They wouldn't do that. No, I don't think they would. Oh, it is. You're kidding me. It is. (laughs) It is. is. (laughs) This is embarrassing. It is. Totally embarrassing. This is embarrassing for you, but now it's embarrassing. I'm getting okay. secondhand embarrassment <laughs> right now. That's not cool. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I I was getting all worked I, up for the little guys. I saw. I know. I was like, this is anti-capitalist. Uh, <laughs> this is monopolistic. I wanted to tear <laughs> into him, and I was like, we, we got to be sensitive about this. Uh, yeah, before the show even started. Oh my God. Tyler's like, hey, I got some news. It's big. We need to be sensitive about it. <laughs> They're customers of ours. We need to be careful how we talk about that. You kidding me? Okay, so I pulled this up about an hour ago. We're gonna get tore no, up for this. You're gonna even you're gonna get even madder at me. Okay, so I pulled this up about an hour ago and I read the article, right? It's from three. Clearly you didn't read the whole thing. No, no, no. I read the article, okay? And then in the article, it says... We were bamboozled. It says, uh, if you want to learn more about the new Amazon technology, you can find information from the U.S. company here. And it's a link. Okay? So after I read the article, I clicked that link. And then I just went around I went around my office and whatever, right? I opened my phone and it was to the Wikipedia article for April Fool's Day. And I thought... How did I get there? That's weird. Okay, and then I just put my phone back in my pocket. Oh my <laughs> and then I just did it again here live and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. Crap." <laughs> well, you're welcome everyone for letting you know that it is in fact April Fools Day. Don't get pranked by your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And specifically, don't get pranked by these dang online articles that are fake AF. <laughs> I even warned my wife last night. I was like, Tomorrow is April Fool's. Do not get fooled. Well, good news for everyone. I'm not fooling. I'm ticked right now. (laughs) I can see the (laughs) anger. (laughs) And and there will be no April Fool's joke in this episode. I'm a little embarrassed. Although, in my defense, we couldn't have researched this much further. But clearly, this wasn't very well researched. (sighs) Ah. That's pretty funny. It's funny. I I suppose so. I'm I'm not going to go there. I had a Let's lot. Let's move on. I had a lot. I feel like the guy who sees the article from the Babylon Bee or the Onion <laughs> yes. and gets all worked up. And you start it, writing your own. You're like yeah. the New York Times, and you're writing. You're a journalist. You're like, <laughs> just going crazy. This is unbelievable. It's an outrage. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get to some news that is funny and probably overcovered at this point in time. There was a slap incident <laughs> that we may or may not have been a conspiracy How or can a she joke. Slap? <laughs> How can she slap? Dude, How I, can she slap, sir? I, How can she slap? I've been wheezing. <laughs> I noticed it. I like when I laugh hard enough, it's a wheeze. Yeah. And these mics pick, pick it up. Um so it's not the how can she slap guy this is the will smith chris rock situation you thought it would be funny to do some prints why don't you tell us a little bit about that so we were talking about it and i thought oh wow uh we got to print a little chris rock uh bust uh and put and put a note like put it in the office and be like slap uh slap plastic not people slap plastic not people and just gives, you know, people like just a little place to stress if, relief. If it was for just the office, though, we could have just printed a little bust that we probably could have found on Thingiverse and yeah. put like stuck a little picture on it. Oh, we could have. Maybe of yeah. your face after this. <laughs> so I went <laughs> not- online. I was like, OK, I got to find a Chris Rock bust. And surprisingly, there's not very many of those uh, 3D models made, but somebody made one and uploaded it to Colts 3D. Are you, you know, Colts 3D? It's like Thingiverse, but it's more paid. I don't steal other people's work. You buy it. 
Oh. I paid $5 oh. and three cents. So this is a platform for artists. Yeah. Ah. I paid $5 and three cents for this model. It was supposed to be an OBJ. It was an OBJ, but the color didn't work. The color didn't come through. So I ended up not printing it because I wanted a color bust of Chris Rock that people could just, you know, kind of flick or hit or something. Or slap. Or slap. I was thinking we were going to do like the Rock'em Sock'em. Like a, yeah, like a, you Will, wanted, a you, Will Smith and a Chris Rock and you could just push a button and have it go. <laughs> like we could have done an Elastico arm <laughs> that had some flexibility to it and just whoops. We could do a lot of things, but uh, by the time we finished that, this uh, this story would have been long gone. So your five dollars and three cents is just going to go to waste. I wrote the guys like, "Hey, uh, colors don't work on this file." He never wrote back, and then I thought, by that time, a whole day had lapsed. So, do you think you're the first person that's bought the? Uh, I think the bust. Um, I th I think you could see how many people bought it, and maybe there was like three or four. So not that many. He hasn't, he hasn't made a lot of money off that. <laughs> so have you printed anything else lately that did work? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Thankfully. And? Okay. So I was browsing YouTube for. Why you do know, you smirk when you tell me this? Like, were you browsing good things? Yeah, I was browsing YouTube for like, how do I fix my hips? Oh. <laughs> my hips so are broken. How do I fix them? Okay. And I came across this video where it's like, okay, you can, you can open your hips up. There's this thing called a, a psoas, a muscle called the psoas, P-S-O-A-S, psoas. And it's like along the front of your pelvis, like deep inside your body. And like, it's super hard to stretch. It's super hard to activate, but here's this device called the Sorite that you can One buy. One word, two words. I think it's hyphenated. So right. P-S-O right. And it looks like uh, two camel humps. And you kind of just... Uh, R-I-T-E? <clears throat> yeah. You kind of just put your weight on this thing. You lay down flat. Uh, what's that? What was that called when you would do that? You lay down flat on Plank. things? Planking. Yeah, you kind of plank over it. And it just presses into these muscles and and uh, this thing activates looks painful. them, boots them up. It looks uh, it absolutely terrifyingly it painful. That is the point. The Google images are. So oh. you lay on it. I'm like, okay. Now this is where I do feel a little guilty. Oh, speaking of theft, you gonna tell us how you stole something? Mm. So I'm looking at this thing and I think, ooh, I want to try that. But I've tried many things, and there's no guarantee He's that they work. He's tried many things for his laboratory I've retriever I've tried hips. many things. And I go to Amazon, and this thing is like $70. And uh, I was like, ooh, that's... $69.99. Yeah, and it's gone down in price. So I was looking through, and I think it was as high as $100 at one point. And then I think, ooh, I wonder if it's on AliExpress. So I go to AliExpress. <laughs> And literally the same brand sells on AliExpress for half the cost. Okay. So we're same talking brand. $35. Still too About, much for you. I was willing to pay $35, but it was a one month ship time. <sighs> Those and hips I'm like, can't wait. I got stuff to do. And <laughs> I've I'm, got holes in my yard I'm, to dig. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm pretty skeptical it's going to work anyway. So then I go to Thingiverse. And there it is. And there it is in all its glory. And in fact, it even had some added features that oh, improve on you it. You didn't tell me about this. Yeah. So the original one is like a standalone thing, but the one on Thingiverse has some tabs that come out the side and lets you line them up. So you could do like a whole string of them and, and uh, lay on it like on your, like your spine, your whole spine. Yeah. But that just takes the pressure that just spreads out the load. Yeah, if you're putting your entire weight on it, because oftentimes you're not putting your entire weight on just one spot. Well, in these pictures, it sure looks like the people are. Uh, they're advanced users. <laughs> they're advanced users for sure. So I've I I printed it. FDM. Yeah. What material? 
I we had uh, some orange ASA lying around that no one ever wants, so I used that. I remember the last time we used it actually, and yeah. I'm not gonna <clears throat> mention it because it's very hurtful to some people around <laughs> here. We uh, these materials, these colors that are less popular, we do keep because some people want them, but we tend to just need to to use them up. So I printed this thing in sparse on the Fortis 450. On the Fortis 450, I saw this printing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, I had no idea what it was. Yeah. I assumed it was a benchmark for a company. Nope, it so, was just Tyler trying to fix his hips. I I watched this YouTube video at probably like 4 p.m. on one day, and I un unloaded the print the next morning when I came in. So it was faster than even Amazon one day shipping. And I tried it that day and I've been trying it two times a day since then. And I have to say, I feel like I am 30 years younger. I feel like I'm five years old and, and I can do anything. And there's proof of this because last night when you first told me about this, <clears throat> yesterday we were both leaving from work and you told me about this printed piece and he was jumping up and down. <laughs> he's like check it out look at me and he jumped up and down he's like you notice like yeah my hips yeah so, so it must be working it does work i would recommend it if you have um some issues and i i'll probably buy the real thing no you won't no you won't you're looking at me <laughs> you're not gonna that's it, i wasn't even looking at tyler when he said that i immediately looked up and he knew <laughs> he's trying his lips quivering right now because he's trying not I'm gonna to buy laugh. It. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> there is a vein poking out of his forehead right now because he is not going to buy it. Anyway, moving on. Let's. I think no that's a way. lesson in pricing your product, though. Like it, it's same thing with streaming. Like as soon as streaming came up and it was easy and affordable, people stopped going through all the hassle, hassle of downloading things. Right? Yeah. People actually will want to pay. It just has to be priced right. I agree with that. And actually, it's a great segue into my 3D print that okay. I am also kind of stealing in a way. I don't know. You tell me. Okay. You decide. Okay. Um, and it actually is my YouTube of the week. I think it's kind of cool. Um, if you all want to know a little more about what I'm doing, there is a video out there. It's called 3D Printed Brake Line Straightener. And the the page is called wrench and chill it's pretty cool mm, this, wrench and chill <laughs> wrench and chill and if you're curious brake line comes in coils so it comes in i don't know maybe like, a, a foot and a half foot diameter circle brake line is, is what material this particular brake line is stainless steel 316 okay. tubing yep okay so um yeah it's coiled up 316 stainless steel and obviously when this is for my bronco you need to straighten it out there need to be straight runs and when it's in a coil you can imagine like trying to bend like a coat hanger or yeah. something straight yeah if you've ever done that and i have for other various reasons other other coiled materials that people may have used because probably not a lot of people have actually dealt with brake line i never have but like just recently coiled copper for like refrigerator lines, mm -hmm. coiled pecs yep. for water lines. Uh, what else? There's, well, there's the pecs with aluminum also. Yeah. That's a big one. For airlines. Yep. Anyway. Pecs AL, pecs AL. Yeah, this is yeah. all stuff that, and it's mainly for aesthetics, right? Like it's, you could probably just unwind it and kind of get it straight-ish. Straight-ish. <laughs> which is what I've done in the past. And that's all it's ever going to be is straight ish. Yeah. And as there's some places that's unacceptable uh, for your personal use, that's up to you. For me, I wanted some straight line. Yeah. I, I don't want to sit there and fumble around. Not only that, it makes flaring the ends of these tubes a lot easier. Oh, true. So I start looking for these tools online and they're like anywhere from 100 to 200 bucks. And I'm like, there's no freaking way. Yeah. This tube, I can't spend $200 on tube straightener. Yeah. When, you know, I'm, I'm 200 bucks all in on this, on brakes and fittings, you know? So anyway, I start, of course, going down the rabbit hole of the DIY. Yeah. 
route and there are a ton out there and most of them are just using like rollerblade bearings and uh, they'll use like three or four uh, of those bearings and they'll just kind of clamp them. I saw one that was on a a vice. He put basically two sets of rollers on each one on each side of the vice and then clamped the tube and you adjust clamping pressure and you just roll the tube back and forth through there and straightens it out. Oh yeah. Okay. So most of these DIY versions worked. They just looked a little janky. So the idea is you would have pressure, even pressure from multiple directions. Not and it kind of squeezes the tube into a straight line. Yeah. Uh, on these DIY versions, it was actually in a single plane. So it wasn't from multiple directions. It was oh, okay. just two sets of, of, of rollers on the same plane. Okay. And like you pinching it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it pinches the tube. And as you push it through these, the pressure, pressure dies, I guess, straighten the tube out. And so as you push the tube through there, it's, it's miraculous. It really does. It straightens them out. Yeah. But then I stumbled on and, and I was thinking like, I'll just 3d print this and I'll screw some bearings to it and it'll be cool. It'll be a cool tool that I can talk about. Sure enough, like within a few videos, I found a 3d printed version and that's the video that I shared with you all. And this kid pretty much did a straight ripoff of, I think, another tool that's available online. But he did share the link on Thingiverse. So I doubt there's anyone else out there that's really like looking to, to straighten these coils. But if you just so happen to be in the market, there's a file out there available on Thingiverse on this guy's page. But his is cool because it's a multi-axis roller set so it requires like two times as many rollers yeah because it's basically hitting it from one direction and then turn that you know 90 degrees and it's hitting it from the other so it's it's almost like a like a four jaw chuck so you have two planes that are perpendicular with each other and it's it's like say x and y yep and then you put the tube in there and then just pull the tube through it yeah and what's cool the reason i shared the video is because I knew I would do a bad job explaining this. And if anyone was curious about it, they could see it in action because it, it's truly miraculous. Like he he does his first tube straightening live. Yeah, yeah. Like he's got his camera set up and he puts it through there. Yeah. And he, even he was like as he pushes it through and it comes out like three yeah. feet of straight, perfectly yeah. arrow straight line on the other end. He's like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, that worked better than I thought it would. It does look fake because it's you're watching and you're like. That is not the result I expected. It's perfect. Yeah. The the differentiator too <clears throat> that's cool with this multi-planar straightener is it doesn't require, at least from what I can tell, it doesn't require any um, wheel adjustment or tightening where the other ones where it's in a single plane, you need clamping force um, yeah. and you need to adjust that correctly to get tube that comes out straight on the other end versus this one. I think because you're hitting it from the multiple axes, those wheels just do a better job of keeping it straight and you can have it designed yeah. to fit that that specific it's, brake line. It's kind of hard for me to even visualize how a single plane would work without the the tube like wanting to leave the plane. Usually at the very tail end, there is a bent portion. Mm. So it'll come out straight until the very end when you roll it through because the if the pressure's tight enough, as it goes through the last set yeah. of wheels, it'll curl it. That's a great use of printing and something that we see our customers do all the time, these custom tools. Yeah. Unfortunately, this one's not original. Yeah. It would be even cooler if this were an original idea, but this gets back to your point of like pricing things correctly. And I was thinking as as I watched this video, I was like, think of the guy who's been making 200 bucks at a time on these bad boys for like the last decade. Yeah. And some kid with $9 worth of ball bearings and some hardware he found in a jar yeah. in his shop made, you know, a $15 tool. So as this happens, do you think we're going to start seeing prices fall on certain things? Because the IP behind this, I don't know if anybody even owns it. Well, I would say that it it does incentivize innovation. It drives innovation. Right. Because if you're if you're on the retail side of that 
and you're thinking, oh man, my product is easily replicated and doesn't offer significant value over that, that replicant, you know, that's an order of magnitude cheaper. How do I bridge that gap? How do I create more value in my product? So it drives innovation. If you fail to innovate, then you probably do have to lower your price. As long as it doesn't have significant value, it may have significant value in maybe the durability or the strength of, of the tool. Like if you're an auto mechanic and you're using this tool as part of your daily job, you know, and you're charging a certain shop rate mm-hmm. yeah, and you're doing these things day in, day out, you're probably not going to want the FDM plastic yeah, because it's going to creep and fatigue and loosen and it's probably not super adjustable. So, but for my purposes, for your purposes, it's a throwaway part. And then the same thing with what I printed, you know, I would not have purchased the full price one. I'm not going to go in. You may have, if you knew it worked, is that right? If I was absolutely certain, but it's impossible. You didn't want to risk that $70. If, if I had used one somewhere else and I was certain that it worked and I was like, I just got to do this at home too. I would have paid it. For sure. So it's worth it in a test, a testing atmosphere where you're not really willing to take yeah. on the initial cost of a tool to maybe say, let's print it first. Let's see. This yeah. is like 3D printing 101. Let's validate that this thing works. And for me, like it's a disposable item. So it only yeah. needs to work once. I almost wonder if a strategy like, hey, here is our file. If you have a printer, print it. And then and then send us photos and market that. You could probably build business off all of the, you know, orders of magnitude more people that aren't going to print it. And they just, will just buy it. Just to buy the files? Yeah. Mm. And that way you could incentivize people to use it and try it and get testimonials from them and then leverage that into your business. You almost have to just lean into what people want. Yeah. I mean, obviously that won't work for everyone because they have proprietary, there are secrets in how the parts are made or how their devices are made. And most devices can't be, you know, a hundred percent replicated with just a print. Yeah. Most products are more advanced than that. But I think for this type of thing, you're absolutely, you're onto something. I think this is another Tyler business idea. That's probably not illegal. That is good. If I'm them, I'm probably leaning into it. You have to be willing though. And how many people do we know with like good ideas and good products that they'd be like, nope. Yeah. Nope. This is, this is mine. This is mine. And this is my idea. Like they can't, they're not willing to accept that your idea, although great is very easily replicatable. Yeah. There's that. And then also just the fear is that of a word replicatable replicable. Would um, that be, is that it? Wow. I don't know. I, it's one of those things. Anyway, we'll move on. Well, <laughs> I think that it, if this was a more popular thing and more people were aware of it, I like and, that idea. And, uh, the company, you know, responds negatively to things like that, you could end up hurting yourself more than if you just let people do what they wanted and then kind of lean into it and promote it a little bit and leverage it. Um, because then it's like, you're cool. You know what I mean? Like people actually respond positively to you when you're protective and you're aggressive, that sort of thing. People respond negatively to you. It's a negative energy. Yeah. People don't like change. They resist it. It is a crazy idea, right? Like I like it though. I think it. I th- I, th- I like what you said. Like lean in. It's you're leaning into the future, really. Because yeah. if you don't do it, this kid on YouTube's going to do it. He's right. going to take a pair of calipers or just pictures off your website, and right. he's going to make his own. Right. I don't know. I love it. I think that's a really good idea. Last topic for discussion. Speaking of improving things, uh huh. Additive versus 
3D printing. Oh, God, are we going to do this? I mean, I think it's a great way to wrap things okay. up. Okay. So set it's, the stage. It's recently come to our attention that people don't like additive. Ooh, explain that. Nobody knows what the heck it is. And I guess if I really think about it, when you say, yeah, I, I work in additive manufacturing, some people are like, what the heck is that? You know, mm -hmm. it, it does happen, <clears throat> but it may be one of those things where people just, everyone that's listening to this podcast probably gets it, right? If you've found your way here, you probably get it, but. You're just talking about the terminology. 3D. Additive versus 3D, 3D printing. printing. Additive manufacturing versus 3D printing. Terminology. Just purely, what are we going to call it? Yeah. What are we going to call it? So it's evolving. It's evolving. Because we've been trying to evolve it into additive for maybe too long is go, the point. Go back 20 years even 15 years and use the term 3D printing, people would be like, what is that? This is rapid prototyping. That's what the industry was. It wasn't just a description of the application. It wasn't just like, we're prototyping rapidly. It's like, this technology is called rapid prototyping and it evolved and it goes, and it kind of vacillates and goes back and forth. But at its stage right now, I think additive manufacturing is it's jargon. Like, unless you're in the industry, you don't really know what it is. And I needed some extra. I, I wouldn't have believed you a week ago if you said it was just jargon. But our website folks, the people who are looking at the data. Yeah. They're like, our traffic stinks because we call everything additive, additive this, additive that. Nobody, when they go to Google types in, I'm looking for an additive manufacturing yeah. machine or I'm looking into additive manufacturing. Well, I think they could see the traffic coming in. How did they get there? Through what path? Yeah. And I think that's how it worked. And you could see that people coming in through additive versus the 3D printing search terms were <laughs> drastically different. Drastically different. Right. So I, what do you all think? Is 3D printing the way to go? We, we had some discussion about it. One of the things was like, okay, well, if we do change, and they have, by the way, already on our yeah. website, changed everything over to 3D printing. Yeah. And it's improving traffic already. It's instantaneous. I know, but I have mixed feelings about that. What? I have mixed feelings. <laughs> let's, let's hear them. Well, I want to hear me, <laughs> the mix. To me, there is a difference. And I think both terms I should exist. And it's what type of traffic do you want to attract? Right. <laughs> if we were, yeah. if, 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 if our website was very educational and it's meant to be like a landing page and a, uh, for knowledge sharing and learning more about the technology and that sort of thing, I think the more eyes, the better. Yeah. 3d printing. But I think we're trying to attract people who are specifically interested in commercial printers and commercial applications that are very manufacturing oriented. So do you do you throw out a huge net hoping to catch um, anything and everything and then pick out the f and then like pick out the fish that you want? Or are you going to come and go in and spearfish the fish that you want? It's two different me methods. I don't know which one's better, but I do think that the people who are no doubt the people that you most want at your website are the additive manufacturing people. This is a great topic for Colin. We, it would, we, it would we, have been a great topic for Colin. And maybe we should uh, light it up next yeah, episode. We, do, we should at least try it back, uh, try it out again. Yeah. It's still there. We can use it. Um, anyway, I, I guess the way I, I'm kind of impartial, but I do agree with you. Like the additive manufacturing seems to have a better little panache to it, a little extra flair. And maybe that's just silly. Maybe it's us turning our up, our nose up at people when we say it, maybe it looks dumb. I'm interested to hear other people's thoughts. If you want to, you know, drop us a line, 
LinkedIn. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Shoot us an email. I think, do we ever link our emails anymore? Mm, I can. It, they're still there in some yeah. of the old episodes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I want to hear some people's thoughts because I thought additive was more common than it really is. Yeah, because, you know, it's easy to be in a bubble. Yeah, I've been living like, in it for too long is the point. But you know, the you know, you should know it's a bubble because when you talk to people about what you do, you probably don't say additive manufacturing. And if you do, they correct you. They're like, oh, so like 3D printing? No, if you went to... That's happened to me. You go to a family gathering and you're talking to your brother's wife and you're like, this is what I do. I'm in additive manufacturing. Well, I don't know. Maybe you want her to be impressed by you. If, if <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> okay, so there are these undertones of like, it's it's an impression type of thing. I think you, you don't want someone to get the wrong impression of what you do. Additive if manufacturing. If you say 3D printing, they're going to think, oh, you make Tonka toys? Yeah. And uh, it's the more regal name. Okay. Okay. King of the castle. Yeah. You hold your, you hold your yeah. hand out, you kiss the ring. <laughs> it's, it's additively manufactured. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think of it that way, but now I'm kind of getting the picture and I wonder yeah. if other people feel the same. Imagine all these investors who are investing in, uh, in the space. Are they going to their boards? And Is that saying, who it's for? Is that know. why this term came about? Additive manufacturing? I don't know. Maybe. But you're going to your board and you're like, okay, we want to pump $60 million into this 3D printing company. Or would you say it's an additive manufacturing endeavor? Endeavor. Uh, I uh, guess. It actually doesn't even sound that bad. I It could go either way. That's, that's what I'm saying. And ultimately, like, is it just too soon? Is it too soon for additive manufacturing? Or do we need a technology like the H350 or the origin system to be widely adopted for people to actually see it as like, this is a manufacturing process. This is like, maybe this is for real. Maybe. And there's always the idea of, you know, pop culture versus industry. And I actually think having two terms, one for each realm is totally normal. Okay. It's totally normal. Well, tell us what you think, folks. Yeah. Print, print heads. Also, if you have any prints that you're guilty, any guilty conscious prints, I'm interested in hearing about those. Too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Please. And for April Fools, if anyone has oh, any God. 3D printed jokes, we would love to hear them. We'll share them on the next episode. Um, I can't believe we got. That's on me. That's 100% on me. <laughs> that we got. You bamboozled. never even saw the article. Yeah, I trust you. Maybe I shouldn't. <sighs> Sheesh. Anyway. I got got. We, this was a good episode. All right. Happy yeah. April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. And we'll catch you next week. See you later.